Power Hour. Coal. Oil. Natural gas. Power Hour, the show where today's top energy experts break down today's top energy issues. No sound bites, no talking points, no nonsense, no BS, no softball questions, no vagueness, just in-depth analysis and ruthless clarity. Here's your host, Alex Epstein. Welcome to Power Hour bonus edition. I think this is the first bonus edition. If you haven't heard the last podcast which was with Gowan Joslin on building a movement for fossil fuels. Listen to that one first. Uh, but after we talked, uh, after we completed the regular interview, we both had a lot to say. And, and I had been thinking of a lot of things in particular about how to build a movement and how to reach more people. And we had a really interesting discussion. And fortunately, I had record on, so it was preserved. So without further ado, listen to the discussion. Let us know what you think. Power Hour, because what you don't know about energy can kill you. Here's Alex Epstein. We stopped recording, but one of the things that was interesting was those same people who work in my field, also uh, his one of the guy's wife uh, works in the Water Resource Board here in California, and he was saying, well, we need this ecology. It's, it's, it's pertinent to man. It's really important. And I was telling him, well, I, I don't th- I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying um, in my argument that the ecology, if we deem it as valuable to humankind, then we'll keep it going. However, if there are very, if there are armed bears, for instance, I would not be interested in keeping them going because now they're even more dangerous. And as much as ecology is important, I don't want an armed bear on my doorstep. Yeah, so, also ecology is, is the, there's always these package deals of treating a value as as the, the non-human version of it. So with yeah. ecology, you think about water. It, it's crazy. If, if, if our policy on water is we are only going to have water when nature gives it to us, then we're <laughs> setting a limit, a very big limit uh, on our progress. I mean, we should be thinking of manu- the ability to mass manufacture clean water on demand would be yep. one of the greatest achievements in human history, and we already have a lot of the technology uh, to do that, I think particularly with nuclear power and desalination. So that has to be, it's just, it's crazy to, it's just like thinking about, um, well, the only iron we should be able to get is iron that's like on the top, on the surface of the earth. (laughs) You wouldn't think that. I got to use I got to use your your argument the other day, and I was very happy to use it. Which was, um, you know, somebody said, "Oh, we're just we have to keep dri- digging harder and deeper, and it's getting you know we're squeezing oil out of rocks." And I'm I just laughed and said, "So what's the appropriate level where you're not squeezing oil out of rocks?" <laughs> it's amazing how those those perspective shifts just change everything. Because yeah, the first one was sixty nine and a half feet, and it's like, yeah, we shouldn't have gone past 70. I mean, that's crazy. We don't want to go to the bottom of, of the barrel. It's like, no, yeah. I want to go to the center of the earth. That's where yeah. I want to go. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's, yeah, what's the harm in that? And then, you know, the, the amount of, I had it, somebody who got viscerally angry at me because I said, I didn't know my stance on fracking. And this was before I actually looked into it, right? I, I knew of fracking through your book. I knew that in general, um, no one's ever had any bad water or anything. I ended up picking up the, um, the Frack Nation 
movie and watching it and getting a little more interested in that topic. And it was amazing to me how angry someone got when I asked them, so what chemicals actually go into the ground to break up the shale? Like, it's just chemicals. It's all sorts of things. I'm like, yeah, but what? <laughs> what is it and why is it bad? And, um, and it, I just couldn't believe that someone would get angry at somebody else without ever knowing what any of the information involving that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just search, I just started substituting uh, molecules for chemicals. Right. So it's just like, okay, yes, they're using different molecules underground. That's okay. So which <laughs> so are they? I like that wordplay. That's good because, yeah, it, it, the chemicals have this really bad connotation. And I, I also use the argument, okay, well, there are some naturally occurring chemicals in the ground that would kill you. And and we don't really discuss those. It's, it's like if man injects it in the ground, oh, bad man. But if, if Mother Nature, which isn't really a mother, goes in and makes this thing called cyanide or whatever, then, then oh, no, that's okay. It's naturally occurring. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the molecular thing is, uh, I, I have a couple names for this, but um, this is something we're going to be doing more of in the future. But this is, I, I think in my mind very much uh, with the molecular perspective on things. And that, that, that starts to make the distinction between natural and man-made or non-man-made and man-made um, a worthless distinction in terms of, of impact. Because yeah. you just realize, well, everything is just these different molecules. And so the question is, are these molecules arranged? All of life is just rearranging molecules. And the only yep. question is, are we rearranging them in a way that's better than the way they were before? Or are we rearranging them in a way that's worse than the way they were before? But there's just this, and, and then issues there pertain to, well, which molecules and, and what concentration are they being consumed? Are they being put in a safe place or whatever? But to think of it in that way is, is just a very empowering thing because you see everything is just, all of life is just moving molecules. And then you look at the world and say, oh my gosh, like I'm looking in my, my apartment at, at uh, my jujitsu mats. And it's like somebody figured out how to take what was just, you know, seemingly just grass and dirt and trees and that whole surface of the earth and somehow now I can have these super comfortable things that I can I can do really fun kinds of exercise on or like somebody figured out how to rearrange the molecules of the world for this TV that's that city so I, I find that a very cool perspective and that's going to be in, in when particularly in some videos we'll work on and some infographics we'll work on just seeing everything from that perspective you just start to see like uh it, it clarifies a lot, and even with water, like oh, we're going to go to the purest part of the earth and get like the purest water. And someone on the internet the other day pointed out, just use a reverse osmosis filtration system, and then you know you could have a little molecular thing of this is what Fiji water is, this is yeah. what filtered tap water is, yeah, uh, which was a more efficient way to get it, and then you can show just like you know the plane <laughs> and the fuel and and uh, and all of the stuff. So. There's lots of, I think we're still at the beginning of what I would call explanatory technology in terms of, of giving people the context and, and replacing all the false mental models that people have about the way that the world works and the way that uh, industrial activity works. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's so one of the other things that, I'm sorry, I guess I'm keeping you over. Um, but, but one of the other things that I found really striking was I shared your, your book and I played the first chapter on Audible. I, tr- I didn't let him go past the first chapter though. I promise I'm going to make him buy it. But, <laughs> but the, uh, but this person was very religious. And what was interesting about it was he actually came in and accepted a lot of these premises and concepts far faster than some people I know who, who were not religious at all. And it was very interesting to see that. And his logic, um, not that I, I think we should be manipulating what, what religions technically have, but he said that, you know, in this Bible verse, uh, you know, men, uh, God made the earth for man. It's not God made the earth for a squirrel, and we happen to be here too. Um, and so in his mind, he's like, well, yeah, so if I affect the environment, then that's, and it's beneficial for me, then great. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I have this, uh, this passage, which um, it, it is an interesting thing, because you know, I'm, I'm not religious at all. Yeah, I'm and, not either, and, so. <laughs> and, and people will sometimes, but uh, people have made the argument to me, well, how can you hold your views and not be religious, which is a whole discussion right. unto itself, except Very that does it, does it take... <laughs> I don't understand why you have to believe in anything but human beings to think that human beings are important and that as a human being, that should be your goal to make the most of your life and to allow others to do the same. And that it's very logical that you would be more interested in that and, and than you would in uh, the survival of a mosquito. Yeah, like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I mean, what is it illogical? Like, does, does the mosquito need to believe uh, in you know, in a God to yeah. decide that it wants to suck your blood and give you malaria. No, and yeah, it, give it, you malaria or whatever you want. It, it should. But, but there is, but there is true that in, at least in some parts of the Bible, there is much more rationality about this issue in part because of just the time frame of it. It's, it's written in a time when people actually have to live in nature. Uh, so they, they are aware of what, unaltered nature is life so, like so it's genesis 128 be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the sky and over all the beasts that tread upon the earth so i mean i i wouldn't manipulate people but i'd say look this this is a true belief this is a this is the proper this is the this is the relationship with the planet that will maximize uh, our well-being as human beings and the environmentalist view that, I mean, I'm trying to see if I can uh, adjust it. Uh, basically, yeah, be, uh, what is the opposite of, of fruitful? Uh, be... Well, in our, that's really hard for us to say, right? Because when our standard of value is human life and, and, and the capabilities of human life, to me, that's be destructive, um, for the sake of the planet, right? Not be fruitful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but the opposite would be sort of like be not not barren or I, I'm I can't I'm having trouble thinking of the word that means that you can't procreate. Uh, oh, be, it's yeah. a, basically yeah, be sterile. Uh, yeah, be sterile. There be you go. Be <laughs> sterile and shrink and uh, and progressively disappear from the earth and let it conquer you. And, you know, sacrifice for the salmon, which, of course, we do by being against dams and uh, and, you know, 
let the vultures eat us and in general well, tear down else. our fences they're and hungry. <laughs> let let people you know let people try people think it's funny but that is the logic no. of the of the goal is that is that in in a competitive system you know you basically we say we're going to lose and somehow if anyone thinks that somehow is going to lead to some sort of uh spiritual or environmental victory that is just a complete uh evasion that's like saying well if we let the communists take over and and enslave all of us somehow we will be free in the future <laughs> right yeah just just how uh you know like China's economy is falling apart and the government said, hey, all rich people, you're not allowed to pull your money out. So you're staying in so we stay afloat. <laughs> oh, yeah. So by the way, I, uh, I always, I, I, I never, I never stop my background recording. So we just got uh, all of that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. So yeah. And it, it, those are, I mean, these are great conversations. I love talking about this stuff. And it's so rare that you get to because I don't think anybody really seems to, to be able to put these things together. Uh, See, I, I, my experience is I can have them with anyone I want. Uh, right. If, but there's a lot of practice in, in, in getting the right entry point and and getting somebody's curiosity uh, about. Now, now, if somebody is a is is their their whole self esteem is wound up in it, that's one thing. But it's the concepts of the, the concepts of just the, the the humanism and the the man as a transformer it, it's so powerful in terms of changing the whole way you think the world works uh, and right. just resource creation is is a, i think the easiest one to explain one of the most eye-opening where it's just hey is oil a resource yeah of course is aluminum a resource yeah and it's like holy crap it's not it, it, it's a resource but we manufactured it uh, right, without our right. and, and all of the resources are manufactured, and all energy is manufactured. And so, when you look at energy, you have to look at what what are the costs and impacts of the whole manufacturing process versus, uh, and then you compare those. You, you don't just say like how expensive is the sun, which is a kind of meaningless, like the sun is free, like one of the the dumbest kinds of statements ever. Like first of all, <laughs> by that logic, oil is free too. It's just under oh. the ground. Nature didn't, you know, put a price tag on it. You just yeah. have to get it, uh, and you, which means you have to get land and you have to do stuff, and you ultimately have to engage in the manufacturing process. So I, I think it is one thing I wish I, I would like to be able to teach more of, and I don't know. It might just be by example is is more of the conversational elements because I, I the things I usually tape are are more confrontational. They're with people whose self-esteem is so wound up in yeah. opposing industrial progress that you, it's hard to make breakthroughs with them because they're so, they're so closed uh, to it. And, and the purpose of that is, is more to, is more exposure of them and, and their motives and their lack of thought. And that's similar with, with a debate versus just everyday conversations that I'll have where I mean, a, a crazy like locations you would never think like just in uh, sitting with some uh, cocktail waitresses in Vegas, and I got them fascinated by what is everything made of, and you have all this stuff here, 
and you have no idea what it's what it's made of and it's actually made of that you know that stuff you saw in that gulf of mexico uh oil spill it's like that that becomes a that disconnect is is fascinating and it's you know it's it's sort of sharing the the fascination and the value but but being able to very quickly to do that to match the particular context including the values and the understanding of another person and and I don't know. I mean, that that's a hard thing to teach, except, I mean, you can teach some of it and you can teach some principles, uh, but it's it's always hard to teach something that you've spent 18 years doing and were good at in the first place. Right. Yeah. I mean, when it's an innate skill in you, it's, you know, I'm I'm a computer guy, but I'm not good at calculus at all. Right. So teaching me calculus is going to have a steeper learning curve for myself and a and a steeper investment of your time in order to get me there, right? So it's just a matter of some people are innately good at certain things and some people are not. Um, yeah, I could see that for sure. One of the other things that uh, was was interesting to me is you and I are heavily affected by this water situation um, in California and learning about some of the, the ways that we subsidized water and in going back to your previous statement, the the thing that interests me is that I think that we've got this this new social norm of, well, that's too complicated. I'm not going to get involved in it. I'll let um, government handle that, right? And so, so, for instance, with the water, there's a lot of resources that say we subsidize not only farmers to farm in California, but we also subsidize their water so it was cheaper. And, um, and in the same turn of coin, that same government body that did that, then also... Um, stopped dams from being made because we couldn't uh, hurt certain species in the environment. And it goes to show what can happen when there's an issue with, uh, (laughs) when you have a government entity essentially being dogmatic with itself and the outcome of that is always catastrophe, right? I mean, we we have this water issue because of the fact that we, we allowed poor ideas of of what it costs um and we never really got <laughs> we never really got it to be a, a standardized price and now we specialize our prices and we 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 influence people to make poorer decisions and not become more um not become more efficient at what they need to become because it's just cheap as it is so so you know, I mean, there's a political perspective on it which is definitely there's all these bad policies but there's a more fundamental perspective that we should, the default expectation should be, we should be able to make X area of life awesome through the systematic application of reason. And the way you get the systematic application of reason is by leaving people systematically free to act and interact, uh, you know, using their best judgment and then, you know, being rewarded or punished according to the quality of their judgment by whether people are willing to trade with them. And... So with something like this, just the idea of cowering and saying, well, we had this really bad drought and it's probably caused by global warming, which parentheses we know we can't do anything about, even <laughs> if it was, that, that right. this fatalism and cowardice instead of saying, and, and, and the environmentalists are against technological solutions because they need the alleged catastrophe in that anecdote. Like if there were not, a drought in California, they would be less happy 
Think about that. And well, I, they, I, I would yeah. bet any psychologist any amount of money that Bill McKibben is happier because there is a drought. And the more he can exaggerate it and the more he can make it think like when I you know, press the water button on my refrigerator, nothing comes out, uh, the happier he is. But to, you know, I'm always getting all these sympathy looks from people whenever I go travel around. Is it just, there's just, I'm just, you know, parched and my, my skin is peeling off my body because I can't uh, hydrate. But there's just this, this lack of, a, of the, the aspirational perspective of, you know, industrial progress, but, but more fundamentally human progress, where how did we get, the, just kind of being baffled, how did we get to the point where it not raining a lot for a couple of years screwed allowed us not to have water. Like what? We're humans. We're not. We're not birds. We don't yeah. need to be uh, held back by that kind of thing. Let's 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 make our own water. But but there is this fatalism with all of the. You've got this this combination of everything is caused by quote climate change. It's a stupid way of putting. It, but everything is caused by uh, fossil fuels. Everything bad. And because there's such a focus on proving the evil of fossil fuels as, as one of our primary cultural activities versus actually trying to improve life, uh, there's just this, here's a problem and it's unsolvable because they want to prove the point that we can't adapt. Whereas if you were actually scientific about it and said, hey, why don't we stop dumping fresh water into the ocean as a starting point? Or why don't we actually have a market for water like we do for everything else that we want right. to be used rationally. Yeah, that would get in the way. Or, you know, why don't we capture more rainfall? Or why don't we capture the water that comes out every time we build fossils? Whatever, whatever would make sense. It's, it's this, it's the can't do uh, perspective by people who, who kind of fancy themselves, like to fancy themselves progressive, but their, their only form of progress is that they advocate a form of energy that isn't fossil fuels or nuclear or hydro or ultimately practical but but that is such a such a desire to to get rid of any association with that movement as progressive that's part of why you know it's always industrial progress human progress and, and some some major conservative leaders say oh i'm not comfortable with the word progressive like that's the other it's like really you're letting your opponents call themselves progressive where do you think that's going to lead and and is that true are you regressive? Are you static? And the whole, yeah. whole idea of conservatives, yeah. like we want to, and it's, the, the, it's why environmentalism is the ultimate form of conservatism, because we want to go back, as, as you said about the earth, like there yeah. was this perfect state. And we were, now, with politics, you, you can say it more definitely, because you can say fundamentally, the, the right fundamentals were more or less established. And, but, but even that, it's not, you're not going back to them. I mean, you're, you're, going, you're going forward with with uh, better fundamentals. So, so I think that, I mean, the nice thing about all these, I guess I started off on this little uh, discussion with the idea that the concepts are, are very empowering and how they make sense of the world. And people are generally not very comfortable in the world. They don't understand how it works. Uh, they're afraid of a lot of things. They definitely don't experience much wonder about it. And so all of these things allow you to make much more sense of things see solutions to much more, many more problems, be less afraid and, and be able to just enjoy, you know, to look at, at things and say, wow, I, I get that. This is, this is, 
this is me. Like this is me. This is my species. We're transformers. We we created this. That's really exciting, and, and I think it's a much deeper enthusiasm than oh my new iPhone has a bigger screen, which I'll appreciate for eight seconds. <laughs> Until the next uh, WWDC, exactly. <laughs> then I'll hate it because it's old. Yeah, um, one of the one of the other things too, I think, is going to be the the irony of all this. You know, being in California, having this drought situation, which I I watched a couple of things from Patrick Moore, and he he actually put out um, some interesting graphs that that he found um, that basically said in our in our heyday, uh, we we built our water based on the idea that we were going to stay in this in this again a, like a pristine environment that it was. All things are going to be equal, and we're just going to increase um, population. And so we never built any new dams. Also, probably thanks to um, all the environmentalists. But I think I think the biggest, the funniest part about it is when we are in a serious, serious problem where there isn't enough water. I I doubt anyone's going to object, and even the environmentalists to having diesel trucks bring us water from the rest of the. Uh, from the rest of the states, I really, I really think that you know they're going to be the first ones that are like, oh, I'm so happy that I was proven right that that this small thing in this small, you know, in the large scope of things happened, and and I got my self soothing, and I, I feel good about my opinion. But okay, I really need water now, so let's get those diesel trucks fired up because you're not going to be moving water with solar. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you're allowed to build pipelines because they're a hell of a lot better than than diesel trucks. Uh, for, for transporting, uh, for transporting <laughs> that too, yeah, water. of course. It, but I think about you know what if the Keystone uh, pipeline was was for water? I I don't know what the outcome of that would have been, but boy, it was sure sexy to fight, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely they're they're not they're definitely blockers, not builders. All right, I hope you enjoyed that bonus edition. As always, questions, comments, love mail, or hate mail, email me at alex at industrialprogress.net. Until next time, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been Power Hour. Power Hour. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of energy. Power Hour. The antidote to shallow thinking about energy issues.